Welcome to the Scott Shepherd Podcast. I am a man on a mission to create an army of independent writers, creators, and thinkers who make a hell of a living doing what they love. And it all starts with one thing, and that is doing things the old way, the hard way, the deliberate way, the anti-net way. Listen in as I share thoughts and rants of what goes on behind the scenes as I create an independent knowledge empire where I get to spend my days doing what I love, reading, writing, and thinking while making a hell of a living and helping my people do the same. Well, hello there, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another episode of The Daily Shepherd. This is episode 138. Now, guess what? I have absolutely zero plans for this episode today. And by zero plans, I mean zero set plans. So, hmm, where shall we begin? Let's begin here. I'm going to be in somewhat of a rush to get this podcast done today because it is a Sunday at 6.07 p.m. As soon as I finish this podcast, I am going to race down into my sublime lime green Hellcat. And yes, as I'm sure I've undoubtedly made sure you well aware of already, it is 717 horsepower, which makes me 717 times less insecure about my small dong. Just kidding, but seriously. No, just kidding. But I am going to be rushing down into my Hellcat right after this episode ends, and I'm going to be bringing with me my best friend, my compadre, my companion. The man that I am talking about is, I must confess, a man that sleeps with his head on my same pillow at night. The name of this man is Brodus Maximus the Third Shepherd. He is a beast of a ragdoll cat, and, well, he is my best friend. I'm going to be placing him into the car as well, and driving with my beast of a cat in my Hellcat, thinking that I'm as cool as a cat. And so that's why this episode today is going to be rather short. Now, although it is short and sweet, like myself, I would like to let you know that I did some research yesterday, and I did some research today. And what spurned this research was, yet again, an instance of the polarity that exists within the life philosophy realms in which one side, let's say the West, advises that one should set defined, explicit, written-down goals of external things, you know, smart goals, essentially. And I have recently picked up a book called, a very original title called Goals. It is by Brian Tracy, who is a phenomenal 
life philosophy, personal development, time management author. I for each time I read him, I forget how amazing and good he is. He's very, I would say, hmm, absolute in his assertions and his beliefs. He states things in a very black and white, simple manner. Now, the issue with how he presents things is he presents the, uh, I would say, I hate using East-West as as kind of like the philosophy, but let's just say let's 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 call it instead of east versus west let's call it there's there's two sides and polarities in life one is the side of order and control wherein one tries to order and control their life and the other is the side of nature letting go letting things be realizing that well shit happens and nature does not care or stop to think of the feelings of homo sapiens. Now, those are two different metaphysical views of reality. The interesting part is that there are truths in both of them, right? So, for a very long period of time in my life, I had been reading books in the control and order realm, such as the Brian Tracy realm and Tony Robbins and a lot of the personal development authors. And they essentially touch on and regurgitate the same things, which is you have a self-concept, you can construct and deliberately define the self-concept, you can construct and deliberately visualize your ideal life and goals, and then you can focus on obtaining those every single day, and voila, it will actually work. And guess what? It does work. However, the exact opposite is also true. Sometimes certain things just will not work, no matter what your self-concept is. For instance, if you can think of anyone, like if you, the listener right now, said, you know what, I've decided my self-concept is to be a NBA basketball player. Well, if your entire approval, control, and security, and peace of mind in life is based on obtaining that goal, well, you're going to die having wasted your life being unhappy in not becoming or attaining something that, well, quite frankly, is just not meant for you. Now, there are a lot of examples of this in life, but every single one of them is not as crystal clear as that basketball analogy, that NBA analogy I just gave. And so, simultaneously, as I'm reading this book on goals and refreshing on essentially concepts that I already know, but it's always good to refresh and obtain and gain even new perspectives. And one of the interesting things is that he declares in a very, very absolute fashion that those with average 
intelligence that have clearly written down and defined goals will run circles around those who are geniuses that do not have clear goals. Now, this is inspiring because the Scott Shepard from 10 years ago would have just gotten pumped and continued reading on onto the next chapter without questioning anything. In fact, I would have just written down so many freaking goals and attacked the book without questioning things. However, I'm in the habit of exploring the exact opposite and the exact opposite ideas simultaneously. And this is a practice I think you should look into adopting. Read two books at a time. Dedicate one hour to one of them and the next hour to the other one. And what you will find is that both make very, very good points, but they contradict one another. And so the reason why Brian Tracy and his assertion that one must have clearly defined and written down goals and outcomes of what they want to achieve. Indeed, that is the very exact opposite of what is required for one to actually conduct groundbreaking research and unearth breakthrough ideas. You see, if Charles Darwin set out to declare that, you know, my self-concept, my goal is to be the biologist who uncovers the greatest theory in the history of the academic disciplinary field. That is my goal. And my goal is to also publish this book and have it sell so much and attract so much notoriety and popularity, not only within the sphere of biologists and scholars and academics, but also within the entire world population. Almost every group in society was deeply affected and impacted and rattled by Charles Darwin's theory. Did Charles Darwin do as I declared and set out to achieve such a self-concept and achieve such a goal and achieve such an impressive, well, feat as uncovering the theory of natural selection? No, he did not. In fact, for 10 years, his process centered around what is called, well, essentially, it's related to a, a concept called grounded uh, theory research, which Brene Brown talks about in her book, Daring Greatly. And it is a, th a research method in theory that a lot of sociologists and psychologists use. And it revolves around the pre premise that one should not have any preconceived notions and not have any preconceived hypotheses, but rather they should 
completely let go and explore and let the data and their findings and their questions along the way guide them and create a path that otherwise would have never, ever, ever been preconceived unless it is essentially done and learned and adjusted on the fly and on the go. And the process of this research is essentially to allow something called emergence to happen, where an emergence, a a combination of many different parts that are seemingly unconnected, all of a sudden make connections. And the result of that connection creates a new entity that would have never, ever been done if a human being decided to try to preconceive and control and visualize what he or she wanted to achieve in the first place. So, this theory and this process of grounded research and emergence The issue with it, and why most people do not do it, is because it is the exact opposite of trying to control your future, which is essentially what the school of order and control and personal development and Brian Tracy teach, right? It is the exact opposite. It is letting go, and letting go and being open takes a tremendous, tremendous amount of courage. That is why not everyone does it. And that is why, well, quite frankly, a lot of people are attracted to goal setting because it gives them comfort that they are in control of the world and in control of nature. The problem is, is that, well, they're not. (laughs) So the other thing that one must adopt if they wish to conduct emergent, grounded theory research is they must be diligent and they must be focused on the process and they must have self-belief and they must believe in themselves that what they are doing is not going to be a complete waste of their time and their life. And let me put that into a little bit more practical real 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 life terms for you what this means is that if you spend 10 years doing one seemingly absurdly monotonous activity one would think that many would quit very very early in the process i'm talking within days weeks Maybe some will get as far as months into it before they stop doing that monotonous activity. However, emergent grounded research and really emergent grounded living requires that one continue to press forward and press on and not essentially 
nuke all of their progress and deride and belittle their progress. Okay, now I'm going to break it down to even even more practical and real-life example. So, let's go back to Charles Darwin. If you're unfamiliar with what his, his method was, so if it's not setting out to be the greatest biologist of all time, and if it's not actually devising the theory or the hypothesis of evolution in the first place, then how did this man come up with a theory and a breakthrough insight that shook not only the field of biology, but shook the world. I'll tell you what he did. The man spent 10 years, just like the example that I discussed hypothetically a moment ago. And this man spent 10 years on a monotonous activity. Guess what this monotonous activity was? It was quite literally staring at and studying and analyzing and drawing the shells of snails that he found. That's it. (laughs) That is quite literally what the man did to discover the theory of evolution. So, essentially, if you want to uncover something great and do something that no one else has done before, you should not set out to achieve some set of ambitious goals that other people in society would deem, well, that man or that woman, she's impressive. She's accomplished a lot. No. You should err more on the side of the Charles Darwin side. And I'm not saying you should study snails and draw snails for 10 years, but you need to do that one activity, that one thing, that you would absolutely love to do, and you do not care about money at all, And you need to do that activity every single day for the rest of your life. You can tweak it a little bit here and there, but you must do it and hit a streak every single day of your life. That, my dear friends, is not said enough today in this day and age. So, that's why I'm I'm here. And that's why you have me. And that's also why you have my cat, Brodus Maximus, staring at me right now, wondering why his cat crate is out and why his father is shouting into a microphone right now. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it's because I love you all. I love what I do. And I, of course, had to get this out and get this recorded because that is my commitment to you is to ship something every single day. And that's it. I'm going to head out now and I'm going to go watch uh, Logan Paul get his absolute face beat in by Mayweather. And we shall see whether or not this will age well. And by the way, 
I kind of I, there's a part of me that does want Logan Paul to win, but it seems like in the last month he has almost started to read his own press headlines and believe his own greatness. And yeah, I actually I wanted him to win a month ago, but now hell, I'd like to see him get spanked. And that's it, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to head off now. It's uh, 6.26 p.m. on a Sunday. And as always, remember to stay crispy. Over and out. Hey, real quick. This podcast was made possible by my sponsor, which is me. Yes, frickin' me, Sir Scott of Shepherd. You see, I am committed to never shilling some dildo-freaking-hipster-crappy product like all the other podcasters do, all right? So my only ask is that you spend 10 seconds right now, pull to the side of the road, even if you're on the frickin' freeway, and rate and review this podcast. Then share it with a friend. That's my only ask. You see, this will help spread my movement. I want to create an army of 1,000 independent writers, creators, and thinkers who get to spend their days doing what they love, writing, creating, thinking, and taking notes using analog tools, while also making multiple six figures if they even choose to. And more importantly, I want to help my people build a tribe, a tribe of people that they were meant to serve. And so by rating and reviewing this podcast right now, you will directly help me and many others in achieving this mission. Peace.